0: I've been given the the, the first section to do, and it's called Jesus, our prophet. Okay, let's go to this passage uh, that we're going to read. Uh, And I've taken this passage from Hebrews, and it says this in Hebrews 1, 1 to 5. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Sustaining all things by his powerful word after he had provided purification for sins, that means dying on the cross, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited uh, is superior to theirs. So that's the passage that uh, we're going to look at about who this Jesus is. And we're going to look at various facets of his personality. And so I'm uh, leading on Jesus, our prophet. Now, m- if you go back into the Old Testament, Moses is regarded, especially by the Jews I read, as the first and the most significant prophets in the Old Testament. Now, some people might argue about that. Well, what about Abraham? But actually, the Jews regard G- Moses as the most significant Of all the prophets in the Old Testament. So God said this of Moses. Listen carefully to what I'm telling you. If there is a prophet of God amongst you. I make myself known to him in visions. I speak to him in dreams. But I don't do it that way with my servant Moses. He has the run of my entire house. What a lovely I got this from the message and I thought, what how lovely. You know, Moses can wander around God's house, do whatever he likes. He has the run of my entire house. I speak to him intimately, in person, in plain talk, without riddles. He ponders the very form. Of God. Now that's quite a, a, a powerful image of how God himself regarded Moses. You lot out there, if you've got any prophetic bits, you see dreams and you have visions and you have words and you have funny feelings, but God said with him, I speak to him directly. I talk to him directly. Moses foresaw the coming of another like himself he looked forward some of this person would lead the people out of slavery into a new kingdom but that's what Moses was doing he was leading the people out of slavery into the kingdom of the promised land but he foresaw a time when another would come and lead people out of slavery he said this the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me From among your own brothers, you must listen to him. And he was pointing very clearly through to Jesus. Now, down the ages, there will be other prophets who would guide and lead the nation of Israel, particularly when they hit stormy or difficult times. These prophetic voices would address people and issues of the day. But also they would see in the future, the Bible puts it, looking through a glass darkly. They would see also in those words that they were speaking, the now word, the today word, the here word. But also there would be something else beyond, something slightly that they can't put into picture of a place where God's kingdom rule would come so many of the prophetic books that we read uh, have uh, issues about Israel and about Judah and about, about captivity and about coming back from captivity all sorts of things but also within that as you read through it from the New Testament you can see that they were seeing something else And all of scripture actually points to the one who will usher in the reign of God, establishing his kingdom that would never pass away. That's what God was moving towards. So it might seem quite strange that through all of Israel and Judah's turbulent history that once they'd gone into Babylon into captivity and, and uh, we'd had Nehemiah and, and um, Ezra and others per, uh, calling them back and, and we saw them coming back uh, into the, the um, uh back to Jerusalem, back to establishing the temple, back to becoming a nation again. It seems utterly amazing that when that happened, there was then silence from God for over 400 years. Absolute silence. Nothing. After the Jews had returned from captivity to Babylon. So just imagine, here we are in 2010. Actually, the last time God spoke to his church, was in 1600 when Queen Elizabeth I was on her throne. It's that time scale. 400 years of absolute silence. The ruined temple (coughs) had been rebuilt in about 516 B.C., But that was only a shadow of the one that earlier Solomon had built in all its grandeur. So grand was this temple that people came from miles away from other nations just to see. Wow, look at this. Look at the gold. Look at the silver. Isn't this wonderful? That had been destroyed. And in its place had been built a smaller temple. And it says in the Bible that when the old men uh, and the old women as well, I suppose, when the old people basically saw the foundations of the new temple, they wept. Because they could remember what the old one was like. That during all this time, when the Jews had been in, uh, uh, had been dominated by the Babylonians, occupied by the Persians, the Greeks, and finally the Romans, empire after empire after empire coming in, the people longed for the day. When the Messiah would come to their rescue, they were learning, they were, they were yearning for it, they were aching for it. Come, we're seeing in, in uh, Thailand, uh, people rising up against uh, and trying to overthrow uh, an unfair government. The same thing happening in Kazakhstan, uh, where the people are rising up. But this had been happening to this nation for years, after year, after year, after year, after year, after year. In fact, 500 years. They'd been oppressed. They had been governed by somebody else. So they longed for this day when this Messiah would come. And he'd come to their rescue and lead the nation to freedom. They envisaged a warrior king who would usher in a a, a new reign, who would throw out the occupying powers and bring peace and prosperity into the nation of Israel. That's what they wanted. You know, we have this vision, don't we, of, of, of actually having a, a, a lovely cottage in the countryside that we retire to, with roses round the door. We've got this dream. Ain't happening. <laughs> um, uh, and 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 living by the sea. Yeah, well, that's what we'd like. Oh, we that's going to be a little bungalow somewhere. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But actually, that's what they had. Their dream was that they would have their own plot of land. And it would grow things. And there would be betr- fig trees. And they'd sit under this fig tree and they'd pull down fruit. And they'd be, oh, that was their, their view. This was what, the, the, was what was going to happen when the Messiah came. They were looking forward to this day. So you can imagine their consternation when suddenly, and without warning, a man who confronted the people with their scenes suddenly appeared on the scene. He just appears from nowhere. John the Baptist, quite a weird sort of bloke. You don't want to mix with him too much. had long straggly beard, funny old clothes, uh, ate locusts and honey. which was not a diet I would recommend, uh, but that's what he did. But he came and confronted people. He came and confronted them about their sinful ways. He came and spoke to them that they had to repent from their sinful ways. Some thought he was the last great prophet that they were expecting. The great Elijah. Some people, Are you Elijah? No, I'm not Elijah. But somebody's coming. Oh, and, and, and Somebody's coming. Somebody's coming. Somebody's coming. Who's going to herald in the kingdom of God. Would he free the people? Would he throw out the Romans? You imagine that a Messiah is going to come that's going to throw out the Americans. Now the Americans don't mess about when they do things, do they? And if you're in, living in Afghanistan, you know all about that. Iraq. They, they, they do not mess about. We've got guns, we've got weapons, we can kill. And they do. You imagine somebody coming. And, and Rome was more powerful, far more powerful than America is today far more powerful. It ruled most of the known world. Who was this man that was going to come, that was going to overthrow this power? Actually, John was signposting for a different man. For a man who came and was born in poverty, born into a stable, who knew persecution, who was going to die one of the most horrendous deaths ever can conjured up by man. So that was Jesus' coming, but how was he a prophet? Well, he came declaring that the kingdom of God had arrived. He demonstrated that he had the power to heal sicknesses and diseases and to cast out evil spirits and to confront religious hypocrisy. That was oppressing people and hindering them from with rules and regulations. And they were stopping them from knowing the true God of grace and love. That's when he came. He could come and do all these things because the Bible tells us that he created them in the first place. The Bible says this in Colossians, for by him all things were created, things in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, or powers, or rulers, or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He made them. So is it any surprising, is it very surprising that actually he could control them? That actually the wind and the waves would obey his will? That when he spoke, when confronted by a demon, he would cast it out? He was powerful. He was the one who could do all of these things. He spoke with the authority of God in regard to the commandments. I don't know if anybody's ever read uh, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 and 6. goes into a bit of 7. You want to read it sometime. Read it uh, uh, as God's own manifesto. Now, in the next week or two, I know you 're really thrilled and waiting for this, but soon, all the manifestos will be out for you to read. the conservative one and the Labour one and the liberal one Plaid Cymru, uh, for the three people who vote for them and they 're all there um, <laughs> they 've got three, three members of parliament uh, <laughs> see we 've got it happening amongst them already, all right. But it will be out there. You'll be able to read that this is what they're going to promise. This is what they're going to do. This is what Britain will be like in 2010 and 2011. And uh, vote for me. Vote for us. That's what we're going to do. But actually, if you want to read what God wants to do, read the Sermon on the Mount. Read the Sermon on the Mount. Because that's God's manifesto. That's what Jesus preached. And he said things like this. You have heard that it was said by people long ago, do not do this. But I tell you, and you read that, and you will find that expression comes again and again and again and again, particularly to the Ten Commandments. You have heard that it said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, don't even look lustfully. Oh, different standard. God came through Jesus, and set a distant standard. See, the word came to, of the Lord came to the Old Testament prophets, but Jesus spoke differently. He spoke on his own authority as the eternal words of God. John 1, 1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You are hearing from God when you hear Jesus. He is speaking prophetically. Not like Moses wandering through God's house and looking at oh, all this is pretty. No, he's speaking the very words of God himself. That's what Jesus the prophet was. And as we read earlier, in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the, many, through the prophets at many times and in many various ways. But... In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things. That's what God is doing for us. And as the prophet of God, he didn't just speak about the kingdom of God coming. He demonstrated it. See, not like Nigel this morning. I'd like to be in a church that goes like this and has that happening. I I would like to be. Would you like to be? That's what he said to us, did he not? And you thought, yeah, that wouldn't be bad. Okay, be a bit better would here. It? Okay, it, it, that's what we thought. That's what happened. But he spoke the very word. He spoke the kingdom of God. He actually showed that the kingdom of God was here. How did he do that? Well, he pushed back the kingdom of darkness by showing his power over all creation it was a standoff every time Jesus uh, prayed for somebody or, or, or healed them or delivered something it was a standoff between him and the powers of darkness and what Jesus was doing was pushing back those powers of darkness when you go into a dark room and you switch on a torch you get a ray of light it pushes back does it not the, the darkness everything that Jesus said or did showed that the king had indeed come to his people not just to the Jews though but to everyone Jesus started his ministry by quoting from Isaiah 61 he went in uh, and he opened up the manuscript the, 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 in, in he opened up the, the manuscript and he read these verses the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the broken hearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and to release from darkness for the prisoners. Wonderful declaration You imagine uh, one of our political leaders standing up and saying, and God has anointed me to do these things. He's anointed me to do these things. And what's more, guys, I'm going to do it. What's more, I'm going to do it. I've been reading uh, a, 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 a book by Andrew Wilson, uh, who is coming to Shrewsbury shortly. Um, we're on holiday, unfortunately, but he's, he's still coming anyway. Um, and, uh, but I, I've, I, I've read Incomparable, which was absolutely brilliant. And I'm actually now reading through uh, his last book, with God's Stories. I knew it was God's Stories. <laughs> I didn't actually, i about to forget God's Stories. And, and if anybody has not read it, I really do encourage you to read it. I'm doing it as a daily reading. I read two or three uh, tiny, tiny, mini mini chapters a day. But he wrote this. He said of Jesus, He fought disease by healing people left, right and centre. He fought famine by feeding the multitudes. He fought war by teaching people nonviolence, Demons by casting them out and injustice by standing up for the poor and the widow he described his work as the fulfillment of isaiah 61 battling against poverty and captivity and bondage and oppression and he gave his followers the same mandate he gave his follow are you a follower of jesus this morning are you a christian hey guys You've got the same mandate. You've got the same mandate. You've got the same mandate to go and do that. That mandate applies to us today. It applies to us right here, right now. So every time we witness to someone by word or deed, we extend the kingdom of God in our neighborhood. Did you know that? Every time you do that, you're extending the kingdom of God every time we pray for the sick or cast out demons or prophesy or dream dreams or see visions we extend the kingdom of God now I want to tell you about. we, we went up to my daughter's church um or the church my daughter attends, uh, in, in Northumberland last week. And um, we, we went to there. They're about the same size. they been going a little bit longer. But they're about the same size as us. Funnily enough, they're also doing the same thing that uh, we're doing. We're starting a work uh, in, in D-side. Um, they are starting a work uh, in, in, in Annick, uh, which is about 20 miles up the road. So exactly the same thing. But they've got more young people than us. Um, and uh, because... A lot of their people are younger and have got children, um, but um, they've, they've, uh, uh, they've got more young people. And they, they took the service last Sunday, uh, so it was all handed over to them and they did it all. And one of the young guys uh, who was on a year of training preached and made a very good fist of it. But when we were sitting there with, 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 with um, Adrian, our son-in-law, um, I just said, God, give me a word today in a strange church where I don't know anybody. It's, it's all right standing in front of you lot because you think, ah, oh, it's David, it's all right, it's all right. And, 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 and you feel comfortable. I said, now give me a word, Lord, that, that I've not had before. And, and, all, and all of a sudden it came to me, and, and it was for the young people, and um, I asked the, the, the leader if I could bring it, and he said, yeah, of course you can, and so he said, go in now. And, and I, I just spoke this word to the young people. To the young people, it's all about, uh, um, I got a picture of, uh, uh, and a verse about the old wineskins, right? You know the you know thing where Jesus said you don't put new wine in old wineskins because it leaks and bursts. You put new wine in new wineskins. And I said to them, you are the new wineskins. You are the people coming up. You know, the old gits have had their day, uh, but we're, 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 it's the new ones that are coming through. It's the new ones that are coming, and, and I said, it, it's for you to go out and do. So we can, we can learn to prophesy. We can learn to do things. We can just go with that, what's God saying here? But you see, this isn't just an add-on for our church here or for our meetings here. Um, it's not, this is what they do at Gateway. Every now and again, somebody will stand up and, and say something or do something. Or they sing in tongues sometimes or they sometimes have a tongue. No, no, this is part of what we are. Jesus you see gave us this great commission to continue what he had started and to bring to fruition all that had been prophesied by Jesus and by all the great prophets prophets down the ages he gave it to us he gave it to his disciples he said to his disciples now listen I don't want you to leave Jerusalem until you receive the spirit why because I'm putting something on you I'm giving you the power, I'm giving you the ability, giving you the authority to go out and do things. I'm giving you the authority to go out and do things. And so he's, the baton has been passed to us. Now, you can get this baton and you can put it in your drawer, uh, upstairs in your, in your bedroom, and you can leave it there. Do you know what? Nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. A little bit of the kingdom will die or won't come to life because... The baton that Jesus passed to you has not been accepted and not been taken on. You see, we're not the last great rump of faith in Wrexham or wherever it is you come from. We're not the last, the little bit, you know, actually fewer people go to church than they do to go to watch Wrexham play. It's not, not true, actually. But, um, um, but we're not just that odd group that do things on a Sunday. We're part of the great march of salvation designed by God from before the beginning of time. Do you know that? You are here, you are here as part of the people of God, or whichever church you go to, because I know we've got some visitors from other areas. And God said, I want you. I want you, Chris. I want you. I want you. I want you. And before the beginning of time, before he'd he done anything, before he'd designed the Garden of Eden, he had you in mind for this day, for this age, to do his work. Do you understand that? That's what the Bible tells us quite clearly. Look it up in Ephesians 2, if you don't believe me. It's there. Before the beginning of the world, you were commissioned. In a few weeks' time, the church in general... We'll be celebrating that when Jesus returned to his father, he sent that same spirit that was on him to infill us so that we could complete that work. Since six weeks, we call it Pentecost, and some churches uh, celebrate it more than others. We tend not to celebrate that much because we say, well, Pentecost is with us every day, every every time. We don't need to set aside a separate time. But some churches do, and we're not knocking them for that that's what they do but the question for us is do you feel that same spirit upon you jesus said the spirit i've come to brine up the broken heart i've come to do this this and this do you feel that same spirit upon you do you feel it if you don't we need to do something about it see we've been told to reach out to those who are sad and afraid, who are confused by the buffeting they receive from life. We've been told to get alongside people destroyed by debt, by marriage. Let me just go back to those uh, words of... there. What I'm saying is, just look at those words again. To get alongside people destroyed by debt, by marriage breakdown. By poor parenting. To help and to console those whose hearts are breaking because, perhaps, because of bereavement. Have you noticed that word that comes in? We can't reach closure on this until such and such an happens. We can't reach closure on this death because until someone is convicted or a new law has been passed. Actually, that's so sad. That is so sad. There are many, many people out there who feel. They can't bring closure because of events in their lives, because things that have happened. Do you not feel that when you hear these words in interviews on TV that God is prompting you to say something or to do something? Have you ever, have you ever done that? You, you, you think, oh yeah, if only, if only I could be in the same room with them and I could talk to them about that. Because actually I could bring some words of life into that. You see so many different programs on TV now. um, And and, and you think, oh yeah, if only, if only. only." Actually, God was saying to you, actually, go out there. Talk to people. Listen to people. Because people you work with, people you know, people you talk to, people you shop with are going through those experiences. Would you agree with that? Many of them are going through those experiences. So we've been told to set free those who are held prisoner because they can't find a job or get out of debt or they're trapped in bad marriages with no apparent way out. We've been told to help release people from fears and phobias for anorexia and things like that to those who have been scarred by sexual and physical abuse. We must have been uh, challenged, I'm sure, by the revelations that are coming out uh, uh, from, of the Catholic Church, of the people that have been abused by uh, wayward priests. Just think of all the hundreds of people. Just think. One of the things I found most horrific by that was deaf children who'd been sent to a school away from parents who couldn't talk, who couldn't hear, being got up in the middle of the night to be abused? Who do they tell? Who do you speak to? What can you say? And when people did try and tell of what had happened, they were shouted down and oppressed. Now, I'm not knocking, please, I'm not knocking the Catholic Church. What I'm saying is, there are many, many people who've gone through that, who need to talk, who need to share. And you know, people, you've got the skills oh, I haven't got a counselling course. doesn't matter about counselling course. You've got the Holy Spirit. You can talk to people. You can give them time. You can share with them. Jesus was the great prophet who ushered in the kingdom of God. Creation now waits for us in this generation to help bring to completion the task that Jesus started with just 12 disciples all those years ago that's what Jesus is Jesus is our great prophet but he isn't somebody a figure from history he's a figure that lives today he's a figure that lives in this church I started off this talk by uh, saying that I just felt that there was somebody in this room and I feel it quite strongly there's somebody in this room who's saying I'm not sure about this I'd love to know Jesus. I'd love to know him in a different way. There was a time in our lives when uh, we actually drifted away a little bit from God. We'd moved house and we couldn't settle in a new church. And we drifted away from God. And uh, uh, we started to go, uh, our children started to go actually to to Boys Brigade and Girls Brigade uh, to a church uh, in, in Hove and um, uh, so we started to go on, on special days like uh, parade Sunday and all this sort of thing and we went one Christmas and the Holy Spirit was just breaking out this is the early 70s was just breaking out in this church people were raising their hands and people were clapping a bit and, uh, uh, and, and, and there was this funny sort of singing into, but it was only just happening it was only just. but do you know what impressed me most of all and what I really yearned for was some of the men in the church, as they went out, were hugging each other. And Maureen's boss was there, wasn't he? Uh, And uh, uh, and I saw him and and, and he was being hugged by someone. And I thought, I want to be part of that. I want to be loved and accepted in the same way that these guys are. Never experienced that before in my life. Never seen anything like it. Never seen the Holy Spirit moving on people's lives. And there's somebody here who is saying... I need to know Jesus. I've been going to church for many years, but I need to know Jesus in the same way that these people know Jesus. I need to have my eyes opened. I need to have my faith awakened. I need to be stirred up. I want to pray for you right now. Father God, you've given us words to understand and words to hear. Lord, I just pray for that word. I believe, Lord, that somebody here who really needs to have that prayer prayed over them, to have their faith made alive, to have their, their whole spirit lifted up. Pray, Lord, that if that, is, that person is here today, that they will respond. They won't go away without declaring out. And I pray for the rest of us, Lord, that we will achieve all that you've given us to do. All that work that you've given us to do, whether it's here in Wrexham or in other parts of the country or other towns, Lord, I pray, I pray, Lord, that we will rise up to that challenge. I pray, Lord, that this week you will bring across our path people who are hurting, people who need to talk, people who need just a little bit of time, people who need a little bit of comfort, that we can start to do the things that you've called us to do.